0: Presented by Botano, Nick Alberga, and Jay Rosehill checking in as the off season continues for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And today, we have a big gift to say thank you to all our great subscribers, viewers, and listeners throughout the debut season of Leafs Morning Take. It's an interview with Hockey Royalty from the NHL on TNT. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, is with us. What's happening, Wayne? How are you?
1: Good. I'm just uh, enjoying the summertime. It's a great time to be... Uh, out west and uh, the weather's been wonderful. I'm just really enjoying myself.
2: Nice. Well, Wayno thanks for coming on. I wanted to start with a story here. Um, years 91 or 92, my brother gets a hockey almanac for Christmas and it's got the address of every rink in the league. So he takes all his hockey cards, sends them out to everybody, trying to get them signed. And the majority of them come back with just, you know, those four by six glossies signed and not the actual card. So I'm six or seven years old, and I send one out. I send it down to LA, and I say, Mr. Gretzky, could you please sign my actual card and not a different picture? And <laughs> lo and behold, this thing comes back. There Still go. got her. My kids, <laughs> my kids cherish it even, and I just can't imagine. Even at that age, I was like, the fan mail this guy gets. Hardly anyone else can sign the actual card, and you actually did that. It's just yeah. a commitment to the people, as always.
1: <laughs> Well, you know, I, I try to do as many as I can. I can't get them all, but I try to. And I always think back when I was five years old, my dad had me sit down and write a letter to Bobby Hull, Gordie Howe, and Bobby Orr, and all three of them signed back, uh, sent back a signed picture. And I remember my dad. The most thing, the thing he was most impressed with, is not that they signed it, but you could read the autograph. And he's told me that since right to the very end of his life, make sure when you sign people can understand and read what you wrote. Otherwise, it's just scribble. So, you know, we got got great pedigree in the National Hockey League with so many classy people, and it just passes all the way down from way back with Belleville and Bobby Orr to Lemieux and Messier and now Crosby and Ovechkin. It's just one of the things that makes our game so wonderful is the people in it are great people.
0: Yeah, and uh, I have the same type of story with your father actually in a tournament I played in Brantford back in the day. It, just, it obviously runs in the family. So Wayne, so appreciative of your time here on the show. Obviously, we are at least wanting to take, so we want to ask some questions about that. Just, mm-hmm. what, have, what have you made of Toronto's off-season? I know, I know you had a chance to, to talk to Ty Domi the other day. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'm really excited for Ty because it, uh, as you guys know, he's a Maple Leaf through and through and loves Toronto and He's always been a huge, uh, huge part of the Maple Leaf organization. And more importantly, he's been a big fan of the Maple Leafs probably since he was a young kid. So I know he's so excited about his son, Max, uh, playing in Toronto. You know, one of the things that I'm really impressed with is that Max had some offers of two or three year offers to go to other cities and he chose in his heart. I'm going to go there. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit less money. I want to be a Leaf and show people that I can earn another contract. And that's what you want as an organization. You want your guys to be hungry, right? And good for Max. I think he's going to do great in Toronto. Uh, Ty can help him with all the stress and pressure that other cities maybe don't have. But, you know, I think this is a really nice signing for not only Max, but for the Maple Leafs. You
2: bet. I'm a little more golf-centric, Wayne. I'm curious, if you're, you're playing at the Grove 23 once in a while, Michael Jordan's private thing. I wanted to ask you, career, are you up or down money on Michael Jordan?
1: <laughs> you know, I think his reputation is uh, sometimes a little bit overblown. Yeah. You know, he's actually a wonderful guy and he's a, a good friend and you know, we play periodically together. We don't play a lot together. Uh, I spend most of my uh, time playing golf with the next Maple Leaf down there, Clark MacArthur. So I
2: know he's the down there to kind of
1: keep right? our group of hockey guys uh, together. But you know what, Michael has built something really special there. It's a great place to go play golf. It's a great place. The tour players. He built a special facility for the tour players. Uh, so people like Dustin and Brooks and Rory and Justin Thomas and they're there a lot. And contrary to public perception, they all do get along and they all are friends. So I'm glad to see that they're kind of coming back together. I was explaining this to Dustin one day. He's not, doesn't know a lot of history of the NHL, but I was explaining to him that years ago there was the AFL and the NFL, there was the ABA and the NBA, and there was a yeah. WHA NHL. And yeah. they all seem to merge together for the good of the sport. Right. And, I'm glad to see that they have some communication now and hopefully they can get this on the same page and we can put this all behind everyone and they can all be happy and live together under the same umbrella.
0: I love the connection also with with hockey and golf. It just seems to go hand in hand. You see a lot of players in the NHL still playing golf and to this day. Uh, I wanted to get into the conversation as well about being a playoff player. Uh, such a fascinating question. I always yeah. remember sort of your rebuttal to Paul Bissonnette who I bumped into Nashville last weekend uh, at the draft about players being on a milk card. And I, I just think it's so difficult, as you know, in this market and big markets in general, um, year in and year out, like these guys are incredible in the regular season. It's so different in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know it's tough to answer, but like, why do you think that is? And how, how do you finally get over that hump, Wayne?
1: Well, we could bottle that up and sell it. We, we all retired, right? Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. And I think what made it hard for the Maple Leaf fans this year, and I'm just speaking as an outsider, I think they made a lot of really good moves at the trade deadline to add those pieces to maybe get them over the hump and get through Tampa Bay and get through Boston or Florida. And, you know, in some ways, after it was such a tough emotional series their first round, uh, sometimes you just – unexpectedly let your guard down and maybe they let their guard down just a notch to give Florida that little bit of an opening. And before you know it, you know, even though it's a long series, the series go by really quickly before you know it, you're in game three and game four. And all of a sudden you're in game five. And you're like, gosh, where did all these games go? It's like, bang. But I really like the moves they made. Um, I was a little surprised that they got beat by Florida. Florida got hot. um, Goaltending becomes a big factor in the sense that I didn't think that Toronto's goalie was uh, poor by any stretch of the imagination. I thought their goaltending was good, but the goaltending in Florida was fantastic. You know how many times, and I used to say this to John Ferguson, John Ferguson built an incredible hockey club in Winnipeg with Dale Howardchuck and Ellett, uh, Paul McClain. Uh, They were a grinding physical team, and he had a really good team. His problem was he had to go through Edmonton. When they got Winnipeg, Calgary, they could get through Calgary. But when they got to us, and I used to say, it's not the team. Our goalie was the best goalie in hockey at the time, Grant Fuhrer, and that was the difference in the series. The teams were evenly matched. We might win in four games or win in five games, but every game was like 3-2, 4-3. Grant Fuhrer just made that one extra save, Right. And as a team, you know that you have that confidence. Yeah. And Florida seemed to ride that with Bob this year. But again, they tweaked their team a little bit uh, Toronto this offseason. I like what they've added to their team. You know, Reeves is one of our favorites on TNT, and we jokingly say he's the TNT man of the year. He's just he's <laughs> a wonderful team guy. And I think he's going to bring a presence to their team. Good for
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: For him. So I like the moves they've made. I, I Listen, my dad went to 35 out of 40 Leaf games a year. and I know that in his heart, he won so bas- badly and desperately to see them win a Stanley Cup. So... Hopefully, this is their year. Brad Tree Living is a wonderful man. We worked together in Phoenix years ago. I think he's the right guy to take on that responsibility and take on the pressure of of running the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's face it; it's tough. It's difficult, but I think he can handle it. I I like their team. I like what they've done. Good for them. I hope they have a great year.
2: Mm -hmm. Wayne, speaking of playoff performances. The Stanley Cups, you've won the accolades, the titles, and hanging the banners that you've done. You obviously have to have an incredibly competitive spirit to to accomplish all of that. I know you probably get some of that out on the golf course, but if you ever thought about getting back in it and trying to win another Stanley Cup, having that experience, and if you do, what role do you think that could come? as?
1: <clears throat> well, that ship has sailed. Let me <laughs> tell you, as far as being part of everyday, day-to-day, 24-hour-a-day job, You know, I have a tremendous relationship with the Oilers. Uh, Daryl and Renee Cates are good friends of ours, and our kids are very close uh, friends. So, obviously, uh, I know everybody there, including Paul Coffey and the coach and the general manager, Kenny. Uh, My brother's the assistant GM there, so I talk to them a lot about their team. So, from an outside point of view, I'm kind of involved, but I don't have to work day-to-day, so... I'm an oiler through and through and I pull for them all the time, but you know, I like what I do now. Um, you know, I don't have the stress or the pressure of getting up every morning and thinking, Oh gosh, how do we come back from being down two games to one in the first round? Uh, but that stress is gone. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever get back. Um, but like I said, in a lot of ways, I'm still involved with the Oilers and I pull for them and I hope they do well. That's kind of the team I root for. If they can't win, I think it'd be great for hockey. If, if uh, Toronto can win a Stanley Cup, I think it'd be unbelievable for Canada and for the game of hockey.
0: Good answer. The panel's fantastic, by the way. I, I mm-hmm. wanted to get sort of your read, um, you know, being Wayne Gretzky and the great one on the Austin Matthews and William Nylander situations, obviously yep. so intriguing. Uh, the salary cap is a thing. It wasn't a thing back in your day, Wayne. But what's your read on those situations moving yeah. forward?
1: Well, listen, <clears throat> um, there's only so much money to go around, right? And that's where Brad living has to sit down and figure out with his coaching staff probably, okay, how does everybody fit in here? Uh, obviously, you don't want to lose Austin Matthews. Uh, he's one of the top three or four players in the National Hockey League. When you think of Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, Cale McCarr, Connor McDavid, Leon, those guys are in a level the league all their, all their own. So... I, I don't know what Brad's plan is. I don't I profess to know, but obviously um, you want to get one of the elite players ever to play the game resigned. And then after that, he's probably got to figure out, okay, how does everybody fit in here and how do I make this work for a team and keep under the cap? So those are businesses, just business decisions that him and Brendan Shanahan have to make to how they're going to go forward here and who's going to stay and, Maybe do we move one or two guys or how do we move a guy? That's those are things that have become tough for an organization because the old days you just kept everybody, right? And you look at LA, they won two Stanley Cups, they had to rebuild because of the salary cap and had a couple tough years, but seemed to be in the right direction now. Chicago won three Stanley Cups and basically had to tear down the organization and now they're rebuilding back up with Bedard being the first pick. So those kind of things are intriguing. So you know, listen, Toronto's got some big decisions to make over the next few months, but I'm sure Brad will make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Wayne,
2: there's, we know that you could have made more money over your career. You seem to sometimes, you know, value winning over maximizing your your contract, and that wasn't in the salary cap era. This right. day and age, there's been some talk about people taking discounts for the team and whatnot. Do you think that should be an onus on players, or do you think, you know, the other side of it is, you know, the player's got to look out for themselves and maximize his yeah. contract while he's young? <laughs>
1: Well, listen, it's a fine line, right? I hope that players make as much money as they can. I hope they earn all the money that they make. Um, But let's be honest, you know, Connor's probably signed to a discount now. Uh, Austin's probably going to sign for a little bit of a discount because at the end of the day, after you've played seven or eight years, it's no fun being knocked out in the first round or second round. And unfortunately for guys like Connor and guys like Austin and Nathan McKinnon, you got to leave some money in the pot because you need some teammates to be able to win a Stanley Cup, right? And so it comes down to personal choice. Do I take all the money I can and basically maybe get knocked out in the first round? Or do I take a little bit less and show the team and show the organization that I want to win a Stanley Cup? And I think you guys know, you around the hockey players, they're all very unselfish. They want to win at all costs. So there's always a fine line with an agent saying, Hey, I think there's a little bit more money there, or, you know, this would be good for you and this would be great for the organization. So it's a fine line from both sides.
0: It is a conundrum, certainly on a daily basis here in this market. Uh, Wayne can't thank you enough for taking the time today. I guess you're hitting the links now.
1: I'm at the golf club. I'm going to have a little breakfast. Like I said, Carrie Price is in town to see Brendan Morrow for a couple of days. So we're going to play some golf later today, but I really uh, enjoy you guys uh, taking the time to talk to me, and thank you so much. Um, and now you guys know the biggest fan in the world is Paul Bizonette, who loves you guys and loves the Leafs, loves the Leafs. I keep telling him, Biz, we got to tone it down just a notch. We know you love the Leafs. He's <laughs> bumping the Leafs hard this year, wasn't he? Oh, uh, he? He believes in them, so good for him. Love Thanks, man Thanks, Wayne. We really appreciate All right, guys, it. guys, you guys have a great day.
2: Thank you. You too. Take care.